On behalf of the National Public Housing Museum, we thank you for tuning in to our oral history audio listening series, Out of the Archives. In each episode, we'll share a diverse range of stories told by public housing residents from our oral history archive. Stories make up the backbone of any culture. They tell us who we are and where we are from. They create empathy and understanding, and they allow us an opportunity to share our experiences and learn from the words of others. The stories in our archive lift the voices of an oftentimes marginalized community and create a space for important conversations to happen. Here at the museum, we firmly believe in the power and importance of everyday stories and their ability to expand and redefine our understanding of American history. Our mission is to preserve, promote, and propel the right of all people to a place where they can live and prosper, a place to call home. And we hope that this collection of stories not only reinforces that belief, but can shed light on an American experience that is all too often left unheard. In this episode, My Heart Was In It, Holidays in Public Housing, narrators share a range of stories about their memories of the the end-of-the-year holidays in the projects. You'll hear about holiday decoration competitions in New York City public housing, special gifts, and a family's decision to donate to those who have less. The narrators in this episode include Deontay Black, who has lived in the Cabrini Green Homes in Chicago from 1988 to the present day, Lynn Bowens, who has lived in the Wrangell Houses in New York City from 1964 to the present day, Ida Brantley, who has lived in Abla in Chicago from 1970 to the present day, Catherine Davis, who lived in the Cabrini Green Homes in Chicago from 1957 to 1967, Sonny Fisher, who lived in the East Chester Projects in New York City from 1949 to 1960, Carol and Diane Rizzi, who lived in Abla in Chicago from 1949 to 1957, Brenda Taylor, who lived in Abla in Chicago from 1974 to 2016, and Kimberly Wellington, who lived in the Lathrop Homes in Chicago from 1974 to the present day. The stories span from 1949 to the present day. Kimberly Wellington. What was your favorite holiday to celebrate? Has been and always going to be Christmas. Just the celebration of Christ, but not only that, um, the family get together, we have big Christmas dinners and gifts exchanged. Just, I mean, it's, it's just fun. Not just, you know, about the gifts, but it's just the family come together and, and having fun once we get together. My name is Deontay Black. Then we had always had family get-togethers for Thanksgiving and stuff like that. So the holidays are pretty memorable. Um, going shopping for clothes and stuff like that. I used to like going to the grocery store with my grandma. I remember having to walk down the street to the laundromat to wash clothes. Or go to the liquor store with my my grandfather, my grandparents. He was the neighborhood mechanic, so I grew up under him most of the time. We used to go out and fix people cars early in the morning or go do stuff like that, different jobs. So I was always like that. He taught me how to drive at a young age. I started off sitting on his lap driving around in the parking lot 
until I eventually learned how to hotwire his car and take it because he used to have a switch on his car so people couldn't just go in and take it but he showed me how to do it so we used to do stuff like race and go fishing and all that type of stuff and I had some pretty pretty good memory childhood memories growing up in the projects I would say. I'm Sunny Fisher. It's funny because again in my memory they were our our we lived on the seventh floor. We used to watch the sunset. We're facing west, obviously, and used to watch the sunset uh, as a kind of a family, <laughs> a family activity. It was really sometimes very beautiful. And then we went to the. Uh, um, my, my father, my, actually when he married my stepmother, he got a car, so we would be traveling around quite a bit in, in our cars. That was our vacation, which mostly in New York State, sometimes down to, to, to Pennsylvania. And it, it gave us a sense of how other people lived. And, that, and, and, and during Christmas, although we were Jewish and didn't, didn't celebrate Christmas at all, my father used to take us into the suburbs to see the lights and to see all the Christmas decorations. We were surrounded, and not unlike in Chicago, we were surrounded by pretty much working-class families who had houses. Uh, I remember as a kid looking in the in the real estate section of the newspapers and thinking, might what it might have been like to to grow up in the suburbs and seeing the the, the blueprints of the, that that used to be published when they were selling houses and imagining what it might be like to have my own room. Which I, didn't have until I was about, how old was I, 16, 16 or 17 when my, my sister went to college. My name is Ida Brantley. Having a place to lay your head and your kid with some was, was uh, um, a big load off my mind. We, we had a place that it was just the two of us. And then we knew, got to meet some people on that floor. And it was a place of security, protection from the cold, from the elements, from whatever bad was out there. CHA is high rises. They're not scary, they're home. They're where you live. They're where you can, um, raise a family with stability, with emotional. I mean, it's so togetherness once you once you figure out what group you belong in and you just know the people there. You have somewhere to lay your head, you have food, you have a doctor right down the stairs. We go to the but seeing the other little kids, you adopt those kids. I just met a boy out there today. I, I knew I knew him from someplace, but I couldn't think. He said, hi, Miss Ida, how you doing? I said, I thought I knew you. Where I knew you from? He said, my dear school, when I was a little bit of a boy, you was totting us right along. I said, see that? I didn't kick you or hit you, did I? He said, no, you just told me not to do that, what you would do to me. Oh, OK. So. Shelter. 
Catherine Davis. What I remember the most is that uh, it, we had so much of what we needed and not so much of what we wanted, which meant that we created from what we had. We, we cre created from our senses and we created together. I didn't like that part of not being able to have the the clothes that I wanted to wear, uh, you know, because back then you wore <laughs> pretty much you had to wear the same thing for the whole week. <laughs> you had when you got home from school, you had to take your clothes off, and then you wear them for the rest of the school week. So, but like for like holidays like Easter, we didn't get. You know, we didn't get we didn't get Easter clothes, so um, we didn't get. You know, we didn't even hardly get Christmas uh, gifts, and we we didn't have birthday parties, and so I was rebellious in that way, and so I didn't want to go to school. I wanted to just be in control of my life and do what I wanted to do that was going to make me happy, which I did school, and. Uh, I, uh, like I said, I, you know, we ventured off and, uh, you know, I don't remember like getting stopped by the police or asking, you know, you know, why aren't you in school? They, they we had truant officers, but they, they, and they would come to your house and say, well, where's, why hasn't your child been in school? And a few times they did do that. And one time, <laughs> I walked, my friends and I walked to the west side and we didn't time ourselves right. So <laughs> we were supposed to be back by the time school got out, right? Well, we walked <laughs> and by the time we got home, it was like seven o'clock in the evening <laughs> and I was in big trouble. Lynn Bowens. We have friendly rivalry competitions um, around the holidays about people how did how did you decorate your floor did your floor get together and decorate how is your building decorated how is the so there's friendly rivalries um it's it's a community atmosphere growing up all of my neighbors uh they, you know all the children you know the children of the children and the grandparents and people still watch out for each other they watch out for each other's children um especially when i was growing up um, in the 60s in the early 70s it was definitely people watched out for uh, for each other it was that type of uh, community and it's again it's only eight apartments but it was the it was making it fun for the kids. Uh, in addition to how do you decorate your door or, or for a holiday? Um, now we have so many diverse people. Some people celebrate Kwanzaa, Three Kings, uh, Christmas, or don't celebrate it all. Or um, So it's about decorating your door. How are you gonna decorate your door for your specific holiday or your specific event oh did you see miss so-and-so's door wasn't that pretty oh that's really nice did you see so-and-so's door um so those things do happen okay um and and 
again, it's a, it's a small section of folks that do that, but it makes it fun. It, it really makes it fun. Back uh, when I was growing up um, in the 60s and 70s, it was windows that you would look at because people would put lights in their windows and decorations in the windows and having 30 stories of varying lights. That was something that was beautiful to see. Not, we don't do that as much anymore as far as decorating windows. But I remember that um, growing up, we would walk around the neighborhood and look at people's windows. Oh, look, the lights are twinkling and oh, they only did white and look at this, uh, look at that um, uh, theme. Somebody did a red theme or a blue theme. So that was that was fun growing up, just walking around the neighborhood, looking at the lights in the, um, in the windows. My name is Carol Rizzi. My name is Diane Rizzi. What my f fondest memories are, are when I was younger and I used to, we used to go to Taylor and Halston and they had all the stores there, Maxwell Street and all the Jewish merchants. And well, there would be tour buses coming through and I thought, why why are those buses coming? I mean, why are they looking at us? I mean, why are they coming through here? Like it's, it was just like our everyday thing. But it was not when I look back on it with all the Jewish merchants and I remember them Call, they'd be standing out in front and calling people and kind of dragging them in. <laughs> Come and see these coats. And I think they talked my mother into buying a coat for me one day. And we'd go down there to get uh, fruit and vegetables because actually, even though it was an Italian neighborhood, it was kind of like a food desert in a way, like some of the black areas are. They had stores, but they didn't have a lot of merchandise. We had a store across the street from us. But he, you know, they sold meat there and something, but it, they didn't have fruits and vegetables. So you had to go down to Taylor and Halstead and they had all the merchants there. We used to go there like at Christmas and Thanksgiving and buy fruit there. And um, earlier they had fruit peddlers when I was real little, but then they, you know, they didn't have them when I was a teenager. But when I was real little, like three and four, they had fruit peddlers. I remember a Christmas where I got a ballerina doll in the projects? I, no, we weren't in the projects. Oh, I don't uh -huh. remember my Christmases in the projects. Oh, I remember. Christmas I do remember in the during the holidays. At one time, we would fill out a survey for food, and we'd go pick up free food. Well, we did. We that's how we we got food. No, I'm talking about all the time. Oh. We do picked up well, apples, doing... potatoes, dried milk, dried uh, eggs, uh, all of that. That was all powdered. We picked it up, and they would have a big thing a log of like Velveeta cheese so you went to a center where you picked up the stuff you know oh. apples and potatoes yeah I don't remember that I just stuff. remember that one time yeah you remember your first yeah. I remember well I remember my first Christmas a lot but when I when we lived in the projects I remember Christmas my mother bought me an Elvis Presley phonograph and I thought <laughs> that was in a record and I thought that was like the best thing to get that Elvis Presley so Did I you thought know that, that Elvis was, lived in public health? No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I think that was on my email. Yeah. I think I just got an yeah, email yeah. saying that. Yeah. yeah. Miss Brenda Taylor. I used to get him allowances. So one day we was riding, coming off the Lakeshore Drive, coming from my sister's house. And it was this homeless man out there with no shoes on. So I guess what I taught them rubbed off because my nephew. When we was coming off the lake, it was real cold. It was snow on the ground. This, this Caucasian guy was standing there with no shoes on. Nose was running, everything. 
with a uh, with a sign. And I I didn't have no change. All I had was hundred dollar bills. And I I was giving my nephew a number allowances, so he still had his money in his pocket. So when I was pulling off from the light, he said, "Auntie, Auntie, stop, stop!" I said, "Stop for what?" He said, "Stop the car! Look at that man! Look at that! Look at him! Look at him!" So he had me to stop, and I, I I bagged back a little because the cars went around me. So they gave me an opportunity to bag back, and I blew my horn. And I he had thirty dollars allowance that I gave. He gave that homeless man all the third the whole thirty dollars. That touched me so hard till I cried. And then I said, "I gotta call Channel Seven News." I said, "I gotta call the news." So. Called Channel 7 News. They was interested. They came in my home. I'm on Channel 7 News. Actually, I got the link. I sent it to you. So they came in. I told them that we're going to take Christmas from, I'm going to take Christmas from y'all and we're going to give it to the homeless people. I said, how y'all feel about that? I said, y'all okay if I take Christmas from y'all? I said, but y'all still going to eat, but it ain't, you know, it ain't going to, y'all, y'all donate this, this year to the homeless people. And they like, oh yeah. So uh, I got the interview. They interviewed. They came in and interviewed me with the food, cooking for the homeless. I fed over like 500 people. My nephew we was out there giving out plates. They got my nephew interviewed. Girl, I was looking wild. Girl, when you see this video, I'm talking to everybody who gonna see this video. I'm talking to you right today. Don't worry about my appearance. Don't worry about how my hair crazy. My heart was in it. I was up two days cooking for these people, and you could see that I was hustling real hard for these people. Cause my hair wild is, is like, oh, I tried to pin it up. <laughs> it was all, but the main thing was feeding these homeless people. So I helped them to do that. Then I turned around and wrote them a song. So now the school want me to get involved with their kids. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love it. Yep, life ain't about you. It's somebody worse off than you. That's why every chance I get, like if I got $20 in my pocket, I get like five singles just to pass out to them homeless people. I do that all, every riff, every time. Once again, the NPHM thanks you for listening to this episode of Out of the Archives. This series is supported by the Illinois Arts Council Agency, the Kresge Foundation, the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation, and the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events. This episode was engineered by Seth Engel. We'd like to give one last huge thanks to our storytellers, including Deontay Black, Lynn Bowens, Ida Brantley, Catherine Davis, Sonny Fisher, Carol and Diane Rizzi, Brenda Taylor, and Kimberly Wellington, as well as the members of the museum's Oral History Corps and other oral historians who helped to gather these stories, including Shirley Alfaro, Ashley Jefferson, Alexis Judah, Shakira Johnson, and Keith McGee. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to sharing more stories with you very soon.